With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brass Adamus, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. We welcome in a man with great vision, and no, we're not talking about his eyes. This veteran played 13 years across the NFL and CFL, accumulating over 20,000 yards. He's been busy off the field as, the, as he's the host of Let's Talk Football and the co-founder of Hashtag Love vs. Cancer. He's a huge believer in Hashtag Age is Only a Number, and it shows as he plays six in his first bike race at 39 years young and is always grinding in the gym never missing leg day. The only man I know who drinks a mimosa when giving motivational speeches. One of the few athletes that I can see eye to eye. We welcome in the joystick, Stefan Logan. What's going on, man? Man, everything good, man. That introduction was sweet. I'm almost to the point. I want you to do that again so I can record that. <laughs> hey, man, I'll send it over to you. We like to do a little bit of research. Man, that um, was good, man. That was good. Hey, that, that's going to help me for mine. I was like, man, woo, that was good. Oh, that's awesome. Well, how are you and your family doing? It's been a it's been a crazy year. It's been about a year since the pandemic started. Man, the family good, man. I mean, for the most part, I mean, it's just been, I mean, the COVID been been doing its work. And people kind of sit around and 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 they letting this take over their lives. But as you can see, this thing is serious. People people dying from COVID. So I know how serious it is. We got masks and hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer all of everywhere. So, but other than that, man, we've been doing good, man. I can't complain, man. Just just living life, enjoying myself, riding that bike, working out, you know, just keeping myself busy. It's interesting because I feel like a lot of athletes post their playing career, get into golf. You might be the first guy I've seen that gets into cycling. Uh, you know what? I can't golf. You know, I don't have the I don't have the stroke for it. So I can't, you know, and then like a couple of my guys golf and they was telling me about the golf clubs and Got to get them custom made and, and all this kind of stuff. But I, I I don't swing. I swing with nothing but power. So if you play golf, it's not about your power. It's just, you know, just stroking the angle of it and how you hit it. And you can you can swing, you know, with a light stroke and, and knock it 100 yards. But I, I can't golf. So the cycling does it for me. I love it. Still staying with the competitive nature. And starting with your playing days, Stefan, I like to start with the early years. You, were, you grew up in the Miami area, and football wasn't always in your future. In fact, you were even scared to play football in high school. And your brother finally convinced you to try out for the team at Jackson High School in your junior year. Yeah. And after just one year of organized football, you'd have a break between your next opportunity to play. You'd work aside your father in a uh, mortuary, mortuary. Well, yeah, as a mortician, yes. Mortician, preparing yeah. bodies for medical research at the University of Miami. You worked various jobs while still keeping that dream of f playing football at the next level. But I got to ask, how did you deal with self-doubt growing up? 
I think this question is relatable to a lot of people in that we all have dreams, yet there's someone we respect or look to for advice telling us to be more practical or realistic. How did you fight that and decide to stick with your path growing up? Well, you know what? I had to give a lot of credit to one, uh, my best friend. It, it's three of us. It's three of us. You know, we all best friends. And, and one name is Corey. He stays in Atlanta. Another one name is King. He stays down here. And the other one name is Fred. He's a firefighter. King, he works at a, uh, uh, he works in a warehouse at a, um, uh, works in at a warehouse at a, at a company. And I would have to give it to, you know, I would give it to Fred because when he was playing football, I wasn't playing. So he used to always call me every morning. And he'd be like, Steph, come work out with me. And knowing I'm not playing football anymore, I was like, I don't want to get up and come work out with you at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. But I think with his drive and determination helped me and motivated me to keep going. And it's funny that you, you asked me, ask me this question because we was just talking about this the other day. And me and him did that for a whole like two, three years. Like while I wasn't playing, I would get up in the morning, work out with him, go to the gym with him, get a gym membership, everything. And I knew I wanted to play, but I had got into a little bit of trouble. So it kind of steered me the wrong direction. So I didn't know which way I needed to go. But, you know, he was the one that motivated me to keep me going. You know, I had my brother that was he was one of my biggest fans, which he still is. Now, my parents was always, you know, had my back and they always supported me. But it was just one of those times where I couldn't really figure out where I wanted to go with life. And I knew I wanted to play football, but I needed to find out how I can get back on the field. So working out with him every summer, you know, getting out there on the field and we did everything we need to do. And before you know it, man, it was like time flew by. And then I was off in college at South Dakota and it was it was off to the races after that. And before that, because you had mentioned that you worked various jobs, the fluorescent wash of the checkout aisle is where you got the idea that would change your life. <laughs> you decided to make a highlight reel and send it to a bunch of colleges. Now, this isn't where it's YouTube and it's very easy. I mean, you grinded and did it the old way, but it paid off as you were ultimately contacted by a recruiter at South Dakota University. Now, that would only earn you a tryout. And you were initially supposed to be a tackling dummy, which at 5'6", I think is kind of interesting. But yeah. instead, you finished your career with the seventh most yards in Division II history. In addition, you ran track in college, setting a conference record in the 60 meters with a time of 6.75 seconds. So that uh, training in the summer really did pay off. It did pay off, man. And it's crazy when you say that, man. And it's crazy because you, you, you really did your research. And I'm really happy you did because some of this stuff, when I think back on it now, I'm like, wow, I actually did all that, which I really did. And, you know, man, working alongside, working alongside my dad, God rest, God rest his soul, I knew I didn't want to work in a, morti a, uh, in a mortuary. I can't blame I you. I didn't want to be a, a mortician. I was like, this. it was a hard job and it was scary at the same time. So I knew my dream, my passion, and something that I wanted to do was play football. You know, when I became a football player at an early age, when my brother kind of, you know, guided me to the football field, because like flag football and touch football in the street, or I was the man. But I never played organized team football until he started. And then I went out there. And then before you know it, I was starting a football team. And then, you know, just coming out each and every day and putting my best foot forward and just going hard at, at, at the game all the time. It prepared me for when that shine came when I got on it and I made it to the NFL. So when that time came and it was time for me to shine, it was so easy for me 
even though I'm not saying it wasn't NFL was very hard, but it was just easy for me to make that transition from college to NFL because I knew I was I always had people fighting against me because they always said, like you said, it was too small, you'd be the tackling dummy, you know, you're not gonna make it and all this kind of stuff. And then when you do make it, now the people are like, oh wow, if he can do it, I can. Not only they saying they saying it because of how small I was. They didn't they didn't really they knew I was small, they knew I was quick, I was fast. So I always had to show my ability every time I got on the field. So that's kind of like, you know, what helped me the most when I was playing football and me being younger. Yeah. And you can't teach talent. You can't teach the intangibles and you can't teach having that chip on your shoulder that coming from someone that's your size or your height, not your size. um, I can certainly relate to now, despite eye popping numbers, the scouts only saw what most girls look at at the bar and that's height. And you went undrafted. And while the dolphins signed you, They'd never actually play you in a game, but that didn't stop your grind. You re-enrolled in classes at South Dakota and would run sprints after to stay in shape, so the grind is always there. And you got your first taste of professional football in Canada with the BC Lions in the 2008 season where you ran the ball 122 times for 889 yards and caught 52 balls for 477 yards and three touchdowns. When you reach the CFL, are you saying to yourself, yes, I made it? I'm a pro ball player. I'm getting paid for this. Or are you more like this is the final stepping stone to the get to the NFL? I'm almost there. What was your mindset like in those times? Well, you know what? Just to go back a little bit when I was with the Miami Dolphins, you know, Bill Parcell came in and that was 2007. He came in as the new GM and I think like the president or something like that. And he never seen me play. He never watch no film. He didn't know nothing about me. He didn't even know my name. And that's when we had Cam Cameron. That's the, he was the new head coach at the time. And we went one in 15 that year. And he just was like, he's too small. And that was it. They ended up releasing me. I ended up coming to Canada, which which you, which you said. And I uh, came out for the BC Lions. And, 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 you know, I didn't even, I didn't have a starting job until like week six. I ended up winning the starting job and finished fourth in rushing. I did I didn't really do returns because they had another guy that was a returner. And you know, running back has always been my passion. I never I never was a returner until I got to got back to the NFL. I was always a I was always a running back. And you know what I did that year in 2008 with the BC Lions was it was an eye opener for a lot of people, a lot of teams and and, and just being just seeing me come out of nowhere. I just just it's kind of like this guy on the scene and like well who is this guy from Miami, Florida? You know, running this ball. He's a small guy and he's running hard. And you know, when I got to the BC Lions, man, it was it was a whole lot of fun. You know, I always said that if you're gonna be a good running back, you know, you got to be able to run, have good vision, catch out of the backfield, and you got to be able to block. My only downfall was blocking because I wasn't. It wasn't that I was scared. It's because I didn't have enough weight to back me up when I got a guy that's 240, 250 pounds running at me. I can cut block, but I couldn't stop his momentum. So it's like three step drop. That was perfect for me. If you do a five step drop, that was hard because I got to block him for another second, and I and I couldn't. But you know, playing in the CFL was a whole lot of fun. And like you said, yes, I did say, hey, I'm a pro. I finally made it. And after that season, they wanted to sign me back to a three year extension. But I also said I wanted to go back to the NFL to play with the best of the best. So. After that year in 2008, my agent called and said, hey, we got two teams right now. They want you right now. 
I said, okay, give me the best team. That's where we're going. <laughs> and, and, and of course, Pittsburgh Steelers was the best team. They got the most, they had super, most Super Bowls at the time until now. It's tied up with them and uh, uh, I think them and the Patriots tied up now for the most Super Bowls. And Tom Brady has broke that. So we already know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, when, 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 when they called, it was like, Hey, let's go. And and when they brought me in, they wanted to be a bit a account body as well. But like I said, man, I open people's eyes, man, and I make people change their mind about stuff on Logan. Yeah, and you perfectly got me to my next transition point. It's like you've read my notes or know your career better than <laughs> I do. And they signed you as a return specialist, and you finished the 2009 preseason with five kickoff returns for 185 yards and nine punt returns for 191 yards and a touchdown. You also had two carries for 27 yards on reverses, and you were rewarded for your performance with a spot on the 53-man roster. And in 2009, you broke the Steelers' single-season record for return yards, but surprisingly, they cut you. And I'm curious because special teams are an important part of football, and you had a really productive season. It's not like you were a, a huge cap hit. Did the Steelers say why they cut you? Yeah, you know what? I like that question, and 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 I want people to understand when they hear this, when I came in, I was a camp body. You know, I found out, I found this out after the fact. I didn't know at the time, but I came in, they had drafted Joe Burnett. He was a fifth round pick from UCF and they had him to be the returner. He was supposed to be the returner that year, but it was just so happened. Like I keep saying, man, I always was that guy that always made splashes. I always made splashes all the time. And Yes, I did have a productive season. I ended up, I ended up breaking their single season record, which Randuel held. Uh, ended up breaking that record for the most return yards, best average. And I just knew, I was like, man, I, I found a home. Like, this is where I'm going to retire. This is this is my home now. The Pittsburgh Steelers, best football team in the NFL, got the best fans in the league. They just was an awesome football team program. Organization is very, very good. And the next season they drafted – Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders. So when they drafted those guys, my head started spinning a little bit. You know, I'm like, okay. Like that light bulb went off, like, bing. And I was like, hmm. Both of these guys play receiver. I don't play receiver. I'm a running back, but I'm transitioned to receiver. Both of these guys can play return, can be returners. So that going to kind of, that kind of push me to the side a little bit because I'm out of position. Now, they had me at running back and had me playing returner and had them at receiver and them playing returner. We fighting for the return spot, but I'm also in my primary position. It would have been a lot better. But I was learning on the fly, learning a whole new position that I never played growing up. So when it came down to the the the, the time, the oh, and not to mention we had Mike Wallace at the same time. Oh, yeah. And, and, and um, in San Antonio Holmes still on the team at that point as well? San Antonio Holmes was there. Yeah. So he, he it's does, a crowded room. Runner, so I had, it was a crowded room. I'm playing receiver, but I'm not a receiver. I'm a running back. So I want to be in the other room, Willie Parker and uh, uh, Rashad Mendenhall, Wilde Moore. I want to be in that room. So Mike Tomlin, he called me in the office and he was like, hey, you know, I'm going to just be honest with you. He said, we love your performance. We love what you do. The only thing is we don't have a spot for you because we just drafted two guys and we paid these guys money. You know, you as a free agent, 
we didn't we didn't necessarily pay you so it's a little different if you understand what i'm saying and at, at the at the time i didn't i was like no i don't understand that i'm like yeah you pay you pay these guys but these guys ain't as good as me you just seen what i just did this yeah. past season and but at the same time i also want to thank mike tomlin because he was the guy that gave me my first chance to showcase my talent not only to the pittsburgh Steelers, but to the other 31 teams that was out there so i do want to thank him for that and at the same time he still uses me as an example to this day for one of the guys that i know that plays for the Steelers. until this day as an example in the meeting rooms for guys that is coming up making a team that's the last preseason game he still uses me as an example so even though i got released that same year i mean the next year i end up getting signed that next day by detroit so i'm telling you you're reading my notes and i love that you left your mark in the history books but also the legacy and you're right you got signed by the lions the next day which just shows how much your value that never happens in corporate america mm -hmm. you were a triple threat for the lions you'd have 27 carries for 144 yards catch seven passes for 47 yards and accumulating 3,840 return yards, including a 105 kickoff return touchdown. Got to include that on there. Mm -hmm. But Stefan, I know I've said this a couple times. We're basically the same height. I'm 5'5", 140. You were listed at 5'6", 180 pounds during your playing days. I could physically die from one of these hits. <laughs> Are you ever scared of certain players? Well, I never really feared anybody like that besides my dad. Cause he was a small man too. That, that like my dad was a small guy that walked with a big stick, and he was very powerful. Not only with his with his like physical ability, but just his tone alone was very very scary to me. So I, nobody else scared me like my dad. My dad was a very very tough, very tough individual, very tough man. And when I got to the NFL, man, it was more like i'm gonna go hard every day it didn't matter what i did it didn't matter what it took playing through injuries it didn't matter so when i was out there i mean you had a couple of guys when you see him you're like man that's a big dude but i don't have to worry about it because i'm on special teams he's on defense or he's on offense he ain't, i ain't gonna worry about him hitting me so you know going against some of the bigger guys you know i mean it's a, it's a little challenging sometimes because some of those hits do hurt but at the same time like a coach told me back in the days he said you got to I'm going to explain it. You got to put the pads on before you put the pads on. And when he said that, like I said, some of the stuff don't make no sense. Like, <laughs> what that means? He said, when I say put the pads on, I mean, you got to get in that weight room. You got to make sure you eat. You got to make sure you put the pads on before you put the pads on. And the other pads are the shoulder pads. I was like, oh. <laughs> so he said, when you when you play football, and I still use this example, you know, till this day. You got to put the pads on before you put the pads on. So you got to get in there. You got to eat. You got to work out. You got to make sure you take care of your body so that you can handle those physical hits before you put those shoulder pads on. Because now you're going to be going against guys twice your size because there is no age limit. There is no there is no uh, height, age limit, or size requirement when you get to the NFL. Like in Little League, you know, you got – if you were the 15 to 14 to 15, you you know, you got to be 110 pounds. You get to, you know, 16, 17, you got to be with, the, you know, 140 pounds. It ain't like that. When you get to the NFL, it's one pound, one size, one man, how big he is, and let's go. So that's kind of like how it is. So I I'll say this. Only one guy that I've seen 
and he did he did kind of scare me a little bit. He was, oh, I can't wait to hear it. That was, was a, a, a Julius Peppers when I seen him. That man was huge, <laughs> and, and 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 we ended up was playing was playing Chicago Bears. This when he was, when he went to Chicago, and they ended up giving me a reverse, and I had to get the reverse to come around to his end, and I got that ball, and like as soon as I got the ball, he slammed down the tackle because the tackle was supposed to slam and then come around. He slammed, but he didn't come all the way down. He just slammed and stopped. And I got that ball, and I I lost like three, four yards because I wanted to let him grab me. And I lost about three, four yards, and I came around that turn, and I was running like I was running 200, man. I was trying to get away from him. He was reaching for me and everything. I was like, oh, no. But, <laughs> yeah, that was that was probably the only time that I can say that I was a little spooked for a guy that big, you know, 6'6", 290, 300 pounds. You know, that's tough. That's big. That's a big man. <laughs> I'm I'm scared just listening to this story, but it's interesting because you had 300 punt and kick return attempts in your career, and that's where everybody is, you know, trying to tackle you. That's on the opposing side. Now, the average time the ball is in the air is 4.5 seconds. So, what goes through your head during that time? <laughs> first and foremost, the first thing that's going through your head is make sure you catch this ball. That's the first. That's thing. true. Um, secondly. Uh, this is something I always tell myself and I told my sons at the same time, I always tell them catch first, do work second, because if you don't catch the ball, you can't do no work. So you catch first, do work second. And once you get that ball, man, it's like, you know, you got to catch, you got to look up in the air, you got to catch the ball and then you got to find out where your block at. And you got to remember which way you're supposed to go with the ball because we have names and directions where you're supposed to go with the ball, which I'm sure you know. So, it's not as easy as everybody may it may seem or may look, but some guys make it look easy so everybody feel like they can do it. Watching receivers and stuff like that. When you're watching guys like Calvin Johnson, Nate Burleson, Antonio Brown, you know, those guys, they make it look easy playing receiver. Then when you watch a returner, you're watching Joshua Cribs, you're watching Devin Hester, you're watching uh, uh, Cordell Patterson. You know, Cordell Patterson. When you're watching those guys, you're like, wow. But it's, it's – when you make something look easy, everybody feel like they can do it. And it's not that easy when you get out there and you see that ball that's 60 feet in the air. And now it's coming down just as fast as it went up and it's dropping real fast. Now you got to make sure you cradle it and all that. It's, it's a lot that goes through your mind. But at the same time, you've been doing it for a long time. So you're not, you don't even really worry about it too much. Yeah. And you're right. I think the catching is the first and foremost. I think everybody thinks that you have to get the momentum and you run ahead, but you have to secure it first. And yes. Just, just for, you know, finishing out your playing career, you'd re-sign with the BC Lions the following season and played with a few other teams, the Montreal Alouettes and with the Ottawa Red Blacks. You'd finish your CFL career with over 2,000 rushing yards, 11,970 return yards and 11 total touchdowns, not too shabby. And then following the 2019 season, you announced your retirement from football in the playing aspect, but you decided to transition to coaching and you accepted a position as the running backs coach and special teams coordinator at Lockhaven University. So glad that you're still giving the game some love that it deserves and definitely the coaching. But I appreciate that. Let's say in an alternate universe, you listen to the doubters that said you weren't pro football material. What do you do for work? Was football always plan A to Z? You know what, to be honest with you, yes. Football was A to Z. I yes. love it. And that's Don't that's, give up on your dreams. That was, that was something that was so near and dear to me, like the game. I always say you gotta you you can love the game, but the game don't love you. That's 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 one thing I had to learn. And I'm just being 100. Like it was it was it was football, football, football. You know, I went to college. I was I was going to class, but it, it was football. 
I always said that football going to be my way, going to be my way out. But I, and I always stuck on my dreams. I never I never feel myself short. I never told myself that I couldn't do it. I always said, Steph, you can do it. As long as you get me on a team, I can do the rest. And that's what I told my agent when we was coming out. And I said, look, get me on a team and I'll do the rest. I don't, I don't need you to do anything after that. And that was always my motto when I played football. And anything I do, I always say, you go at it 100%. Because if you don't go at it 100%, you don't know how good you can really be at a certain sport or a certain job or, you know, doing our podcasts. You don't know how good you'll really be until you try it. So, but when you, and in the same aspect, aspect of trying, you got to give it everything you got when you try. And then you'll really see whether you like it, love it, and say, I'm going to stick with it, or you say, the hell with it, don't walk away from it. So my playing days, man, I had a whole lot of fun. I really enjoyed football. I can still play right now. You know, came as soon as I got done, I ended up getting a call from University of Lock Haven. Got a, got, a, got, a, got a job, coaching position, special teams coordinator. So it was like, it was like everything was just, just kind of like, you know, laying the bricks out the wild. It was, it was going, it was going, everything is going smooth. So, you know, I can't complain. Like I say, man, it's been, a, it's been a humbling experience. It's been a whole lot of fun, but I always tell people, man, don't give up on your dreams, man. Cause if you give up on them, nobody else don't know your dreams, but you. So if you give up, then you're done. I'm replaying this part of the interview whenever I'm going to need some motivation because that was two minutes of wisdom that I think everybody needs to hear. It's fun. You mentioned the podcast, and we're technically competitors as you own your own football podcast, Let's Talk Football. And you've had some stellar guests on, including Dennis Dixon, Nate Burleson, and Mike Wallace. What was the inspiration behind starting it? Well, kind of, I guess, I guess, you know, if you want to ask yourself the same thing, I can talk and, and I can hold a good conversation. And I like to joke. I like to have fun. And that's why I named it. Well, my wife actually named it. Um, I give her the credit. Football. Yeah, she named it Let's Talk Football. Because I wanted to be on the go and low. And I wanted, <laughs> be, I wanted it to be Let's Talk. And she was like, my mind was Let's Talk, L-E-T-S. So she was like, well, let's name it Let's Talk Football. Because you're not only talking about football. You want to talk about your journey. You want to talk about your career. You want to talk about what it takes. You want to talk about the dedication. You want to talk about if you stumble over some stuff and then you come to reality and stuff happens and struggles and all that. So I was like, you got a point. So it wasn't only about talking football and get those guys, you know, on the show. I, of course, I know, I know them and, and, you know, they busy. So you got to be texting, DM and sending them messages back and forth. You're like, Hey man, you can get on the show this week. Hey, I got to, you know, let me get back to you. And they might forget because they doing stuff. They got their own shows. And they, hey, I forgot. Hey, hey, you know, can you get on tomorrow? Can you? And then they might text you and say, hey, can you do today? What? I ain't set up for today. I'm, I'm you know, I got some other. So, you know, getting those guys and the people is, is not easy. But at the same time, my mom just said you got to go at it hard. And as long as you stay consistent with it, which that's why what has changed. Is the key to the key to success is to stay consistent. That's why I wear this chain around my neck. I stay consistent with what I'm doing. And as long as you stay consistent, good things, good positive things that happen for you. So, you know, like I said, me and you doing our podcasts, man. Look, we stay consistent with it. Some people are gonna say no, some people are gonna say yes, yeah. some people are not even gonna comment, come let me comment, but at the same time, hey, 
it's too many people in this world for us not to talk to other people and make some of this money out here. That's how I look at it. Exactly. <laughs> That's how I look at it. Exactly. And I mean, I, I think I'm speaking for you as well. It's, it's something that you'd love to be a full-time job where you're, you're getting paid, you're getting talked to, you know, former athletes and players and just, uh, you know, collabing with them. Uh, and I think a lot of people that listen to podcasts, they don't just focus on one or two. They're always looking for new ones in the library. So where can potential new listeners find it? Well, I mean, right now, if you're trying to Okay, hold on. Let me let me get that question one more time so I can make sure I answer it right. Yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of people that listen to podcasts, they don't just listen to one or two. They're always looking to add new ones to their library. And I think especially hearing a former NFL player interview other NFL players, not only on their playing careers, but their journeys as well, is something a lot of people would find interesting. Mm-hmm. Where can potential new listeners find it? Um, of course, I got my own show, you know, Let's Talk Football. So you can always jump on there and hear some of my podcasts. But um, you got, man, you got so many people out here, man. Think about this. There's more than one billionaire. So there can be more than one guy that's talking about football. There's more than one gym that got the same girls that's doing the same exercise, the booty exercise, you know, girls with all the booty exercise. You got so many girls doing the same exercise. You got guys doing the same exercise as well. So you can you can you can pick and choose what podcast you want to listen to, like your podcast, Triple Play Fantasy. Trip Play Fantasy. It's a catchy name. So everything is about people want to look at and what they read. That's all about the captions. Sometimes you can have a boring video, but they look at the captions and that'll make them grab that grab their attention. Oh, let me see what they're talking about. Oh, a man walked a line. What? Let me see what that's all about. And he get on there. He didn't even walk no line. So sometimes you got to be careful about your captions and what you put, because that's, what's going to catch some of the readers attention. And when you're doing your podcast, some of them are going to be interesting, exciting, and fun. Some might not be as fun. Some might not be exciting or interesting to some of the people. So when you're listening to a podcast, you also got to find something that's that intrigues you, intrigue what you like to listen to. Everybody don't like listening and talk about football. Like some of the other guests that I'm going to have on, they don't have no clue about football. Like I got some other people that I got set up. They cyclists. They don't, they don't, they don't even know about football. When they see my name, they like football. Oh, I don't know nothing about football. No, 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 no. We're not even for to talk about football. You're not a football player. That don't don't let the name. I say, look at the first word on it. Less. L-E-S-S. So we're not talking about football at all. We're gonna talk about this bicycle. So, <laughs> you know, that's why I like my name. It is catchy. For me, it is. I like it because I know the meaning behind it. So it's different podcasts out there, man. You know what I'm saying? You pick and choose what you want to listen to. As long as you keep it interesting and you got some good guests, people gonna, you know, people gonna fall through and, and follow what they want to hear. Yeah, and for anyone listening to this, it's football, but instead of the double L's at the end, it's the eleven. That was Stefan's playing number. I mean, he just has all these puns working out. And yeah. we are speaking with Stefan Logan, 13-year NFL vet. Stefan, we like to get our guests out of here with a little triple play rapid fire, some this or that questions. You probably haven't been asked some of these before. You Let's game? Let's right. The first one, score a touchdown or land your dream guest on your podcast? I'll say score a touchdown. Okay. Well, who's your dream guest on your podcast? Um, You know what? I would have to go with uh, – it could be anybody. Anybody. 
I would have to go with Jennifer Lopez. Ah, that's a good <laughs> choice. Wife, go that. That's a good choice. <laughs> All right. What was the better jersey to wear? The Lions light blue or the Steelers black and yellow? To be honest with you, I'll have not, not don't get me wrong. Not the Steelers the best they're the best team, but I'll have to Where's go with that light. I would have to go with the Detroit blue. I like that blue. That blue is awesome. I was gonna say we're we're strictly talking jersey here. I think we know yeah. franchise wise. That, jersey, that blue jersey was that blue jersey was nice. All right, what is your favorite cereal? Oh, cinnamon toast crunch. <sighs> All right, I know that's a popular <laughs> one. You're gonna say cornflakes or something? No, no, I, like I like a, a Halloween cereal called Count Chocula, but like Frosted Flakes are like I'm just not as big on cinnamon toast crunch, but it's oh, not an unpopular man. one. So I got cinnamon toast crunch and Lucky Charms. That's 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 like my two cereals. When the wife go to the store, that's what I get all the time. Do you mix them? No, I don't mix. Got too much sugar. It's okay. Sugar with one box cereal, they got twenty five about twenty thirty grams of sugar. So now I want to mix. Them. Okay, Lucky Charms and Cinnamon Coast Crunch. Those are some good ones. That's right. Which which smell is better, fresh cut grass or bread baking in the oven? Fresh cut grass. I love it. That's a <laughs> that's a dad answer right there. Not a better smell than that. How many mimosas do you think you could drink in an hour? I went to the club one time to have brunch, and I had you know you pay for. Let me just go through this real quick. Yeah, thing. the bottomless mimosas. Yeah, I yeah we went to the we, we went to the club, which is Club Iguanas, which everybody in Miami know everything about. And on Sundays they have a brunch, and you pay like thirty dollars to get you food, and you get unlimited mimosas. And I think that day, because I kept getting bottled, I think I drunk. And you say an hour? I'm gonna say uh eight. I do about I probably do about eight. That's that's on the low end. I thought you were gonna say yeah, that. That's I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a real big drinker. I don't really drink like that. The mimosas, to be honest with you, you have to try it one time. The mimosa really give it takes the edge off when you about to do your podcast. No lie. Uh, so I'm I'm a big brunch guy. I I really don't drink before the pods. I'm hey. I'm always opposed to that. Uh, yeah. Hey, listen. Because when I first started my podcast, I was a little nervous. Why I don't know? Because I'm not nervous in front of the camera. But every time I would come in and do my intro, I would mess up every now and then. But then when I didn't do my intro, I flow right to it. Flow right through it. So I said, you know what? It was one day I had a podcast, and I said, you know, I'm gonna have my most. And I had one of my best podcasts, so I started drinking mimosas every time I do a podcast. <laughs> All right. All right. Lesson learned that I'm going to start drinking mimosas for podcasts. Would you rather participate in a snowball fight or a water balloon fight? I'm going to say water balloon fight. Okay. All right. Yeah, we don't got no cold out here. So, I mean, I stopped the cold. I never, I never played in the snow that much like that. I didn't care for it. But the water fight, I, I really did like that. The water balloon. Yeah. Especially on a hot summer day, you can't go wrong yeah, with that. Yeah, that's fun. You can only listen to one album the rest of your life. What is it? I don't want to say this guy, man, but I got to R. Kelly. But I, know, I understand what happened with him. Yeah, it's, it's 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 bad. It's bad. <laughs> that's a that's a different subject for another day. But he is he is a musical genius. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's 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 forget him, but we can't. But let's put what he did to the side and just talk about his music. I would have to go with R. Kelly. Okay. I respect the realness of that answer. <laughs> and I want to hear your one for this. Would you rather a bell ring every time you're horny or never be horny again? I need that bell to ring every time I'm horny. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought that's when you when you said the R. Kelly answer, I said this guy's definitely gonna say the bell. I got to do the bell. Why why with you? I want the bell every time. Ding, you ready? <laughs> oh, that's good. That 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 sound is gonna turn your wife off the rest of her life. <laughs> Would you rather wake up in bed next to a porcupine or a skunk? Oh, that's a hard one. A porcupine? Because <laughs> a skunk, I don't know. I can't deal with that smell. They stink. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure the, I'm sure the needles of the porcupine are a little bit of a different pain than yeah. uh, than getting tackled, but probably doesn't hurt as bad. I don't think you can emulate the smell of a skunk. It's skunk bad. But speaking of the NFL, this is the last one, and I saved it for last. Yep. Would you rather try to block James Harrison or run a slant across the middle with Vontez Perfect lurking? Well, I would have to say I would go with James Harrison because, because. You don't want I, a concussion. No, I had to block him in practice one time. But let me, let me, quick story. This is funny as I don't know what. <laughs> we, was in, we was in practice, and we was doing a scout team. So I would do the scout team running back. So I was on the scout team running back. Ben was like, hey, I want you to fake off the edge, you know, like, and James Harrison was the DN. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I go, I do my little fake. James Harrison, James Harrison, he comes at me. And right as he got close to me, I balled up like this right here, like in the ball, and he stopped. And he said, man, I ain't going to hit you. <laughs> And everybody in practice started laughing because I was just bracing for that hit. And he was like, he was like, what you doing, little man? I ain't going to hit you. He said, we're in practice. He said, I only hit people like that in the game. Oh, and everybody was laughing because I balled up. Like, I closed my eyes and everything because I was like. Your life flashed before your eyes. Oh, man. But that, that was funny. The coaches even laughed at that. That was real funny because they saw how I braced for that hit because I knew I was going to go backwards. And he just stopped and he just grabbed me. He's like, I ain't going to hit you, man. I want to do that in the games. In practice, I know how to practice. All right. Well, I like hearing that about James Harrison. And that hit might have hurt, but there's way less of a chance that you get a concussion than with Vontez Perfect. Or he'll... Or he'll do that thing where he twists your ankle at the bottom yeah, of the pile he, or something. He just was nasty, man. He just was nasty. He was like Romanowski out there, man. You know what I'm saying? Playing linebacker. But sometimes that, that nasty play, it'll get you where you where you don't want to be. And as you can see, he ain't in the NFL right now. He done got suspended and everything else indefinitely. So, you know, I hate that that happened. But you can't, you can't play like that. That ain't how the game go. But unfortunately, that's how it was for him. Yeah, and uh, truer words haven't been said from Stefan besides throughout this interview, but we really appreciate you joining us. And if you want to follow him on the socials, you can follow him on Instagram at StefanLogan underscore zero or on Twitter. He's not as active on there, but it's StefLogan11. Yeah, We really appreciate you coming on. Hey, man, I appreciate being on the show, man. Y'all, hey, this show is going to be popping, man, as long as you keep it going, because you really, you are real entertaining, man. I, I, I got to give it to you. I'm going to take some notes off of yours. So, but yeah, man, I appreciate you being on the show. Man, I got my own podcast, my own podcast, Let's Talk Football. Hey, man, y'all join the show, man. Hey, we got two two guys on here, man, that's going hard at this, man, and we're going to win in competition. We're just trying to have the best shows out there and make as much money and, and get as much people to follow and listen to us as, as much as we can. So, man, y'all stay tuned for these podcasts that's coming out, man. True Play Fantasy and Let's Talk Football.